The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hackey Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. And today, we're going to have three for the price of one. We're interviewing three. We're interviewing Becca Laurie, who's a board member of Different Brains. She is autistic. She's wonderful. She's 10 times smarter than me. And she's going to tell you about all the other stuff she's doing, which is considerable. Then we have Walter the Wonder Dog, who's the support dog, who takes care of Becca, but also Becca's partner, Antonio Hector, who's here, who kind of runs a lot of the business ends of things and everything. And welcome, Becca, Walter, and Antonio. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for all three of you for being here. And I, I know that uh, Walter tends to talk a lot, but we'll try to keep him under control if you yeah, can. Yeah, I think so. This we'll time. try. Yeah. Can each of you please introduce yourselves? Sure. Uh, hi, I'm Becca. I'm a board member of Different Brains, as Haki mentioned. I'm also an autistic advocate, an autism consultant. I am a podcaster, a blogger, writer, um, and I'm also the director of communications at the Center for Neurodiversity. And the co-host of Spectrumly Speaking, the female-oriented podcast Different Brains does. It was so lucky to have you and Dr. Kate Cody doing it. Thank you. Walter, you're up. Yeah, Walter. What do you uh, want to Walter. tell everybody? Um, Walter is a certified shelter dog. He we adopted him and rescued him um, as a pup, and we kind of figured he was pretty special when we met him. Um, but I wanted to see what he could do, so we sort of began training him, and and he worked out to be a pretty fantastic emotional support dog. He's been trained pretty thoroughly at, and could take tests for service and therapy, but he's still an emotional support dog because that's what he does for me. Antonio Hector, you're up. My name's Antonio. I, like you said, I do most of the office work, traveling plans and everything for Becca and I when we go to conferences. And I also work as the director of IT and social media for the Center for Neurodiversity, as well as training Walter and handling him when we go out to the functions. That's great. That's great. Now, and uh, you two recently got married. Is that a true statement? Yes, that is sir. a true statement. <laughs> Congratulations. Was Walter the best man? No, he well, he and Penny Actually, were both of. there. <laughs> so they were there as witnesses, I would say, more than anything else. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, explain to our audience what an emotional support animal is and why it's different from a service animal. Okay, well, we can talk about it a few different ways, but I think the way that makes the most sense for me is the way that I kind of see it. So when we talk about service, and please interrupt, because you know the rules better than I do. So if, if I say something wrong, please correct me. But um, So service animals are task trained, which means that they're trained specifically to do a task replacement for somebody. So we often see them um, with people with physical disabilities because they can replace um the behaviors or the, the tasks that that person is needing to do. Um, therapy dogs um, are also trained, but they're trained slightly differently. They're not trained necessarily on tasks so much as they're uh, trained on their behavior and their protocols for their behavior. Um, 
And so mostly they're really easygoing dogs that can provide some kind of comfort in a therapy setting. Um, so what people mostly misunderstand about that is that a therapy dog isn't working all the time. A therapy dog is only a therapy dog when he's with his handler and working with a patient. So if it's not a three-way situation, it is not a therapy situation and that dog is just being a dog. Um, an emotional support dog is a dog that lives with you much like a service animal. He's with me all the time. Um, and the biggest difference between what he does for me and what um, a service dog does is that it's not exactly task training. Um, I'm working with him and trying to create some tasks that I can quantify to make it task training. Um, but most of what he does is really just dog behavior. <laughs> and it's really good dog behavior that he does in tune with me and what my needs are. Um, so in that case, he's working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So if I reduced him to a therapy dog status, that would mean that all the time he's working with me, he wouldn't be really working officially. So we decided to leave him as emotional support um, because I think that emotional support animals and companion animals play a really big role in our mental health um, on the spectrum, off the spectrum, just as human beings. Um, and I think to discredit those categories um, is unfair. What kind of certification does one need to obtain an emotional support animal? Um, the certification for emotional support is all on the human. Um, that's all about whether the human being is qualified to have an emotional support animal. Uh, there's no testing or certification for the dog per se, an emotional support animal, um, because it doesn't have to be a dog. It can be lots of other animals too. But what about, what about the individual? Like what kind of certification do you need as an individual? I need, technically by law, is a letter from my therapist that I have to be currently seeing, and that therapist has to write a letter saying that I do need a, a, an emotional support animal for the reason that they list in the letter. Um, so for me, that's my autism and my social anxiety. And then they sign with their um, professional license. Um, that letter has to be within a signed within a year. They're only good for an annual year, so every year you have to get it re-signed, which means that you, the human, have to be in active therapy in order to have your emotional support animal. Okay. Um, what's the biggest misunderstanding people have about support animals? Um, I think the biggest misconception, uh, at least the one that we run into, I think, the most, is that we're pretending to have a service dog and somehow trying to get over on the rules and take Walter places he's not supposed to go um, and that he's untrained. And you know, there's, there's a lot of myths behind emotional support that anyone can have one, so therefore all of them are bad. Um, and so what I run into is a lot of prejudice because he's not a service animal and he's an emotional support animal. Um, and it's usually from people with service animals that give me that prejudice. Um, so it's interesting. That, that's what we see. But that's the biggest problem. Um, do you have any opinions about uh, the recent controversies allowing service and support animals into businesses and on planes? Antonio, I'm going to let you take that one. I think one of the biggest concerns is that because emotional support animals do not require any specific training, they can be rowdy if the owner doesn't keep up with just basic skills with that animal at home and constantly enforcing it that animal can get overwhelmed in a situation as such as like a supermarket or something like that 
and they can't start to act out. A service dog goes through rigorous training for two years at least and should continue that training with their handler. Therefore, they're put in those situations. They're taken constantly to supermarkets, department stores. And we do something similar with Walter. We'll take him to places like Home Depot where they allow us, our old target allowed us to take him in there without anything, just to do training so that when we did take him to the airport, he would be custom to all the people. Yeah, so I think... Um, So that is going to be the biggest issue I find that if you allow just general emotional support animals into businesses and stuff like that, they can typically get rowdy. If we start requiring training for these animals, that would be a different story, which I think should be something that should be done. Yeah, I mean, there's because we don't have the regulations, people that are doing it right are also paying the price for the people that are doing it wrong, if that makes any sense. Okay, well, it does. Is there anything we haven't covered about support animals that you'd like to cover today? Um, I think the reason, I'm very glad that you had us on to talk about it, because I think the reason that I'm so um, visual with Walter, the reason I bring him out and I do interviews with him and I take him to my speaking engagements is because I want um, the other people on the spectrum to know that using your animal as a tool, having your animal as a support, um, making them part of your routine is a pretty healthy thing for us on the spectrum. So your companion animal can can do that for you. You don't have to have a service animal. You don't have to make the leap from having no animal support to all the way to having a service dog. Um, But doing a little bit of training and work with your animal can get them in shape to be an emotional support animal, which seems to be the place that those of us on the spectrum really need them the most. Um, It's not so much for the task replacement as much as it is for the grounding. Um, And so spectrumites, I say, Think about it. Think about how important your animal is to you in your life and, and if you can be developing that relationship to help you be supported. Now, very importantly, can you comment on Walter's socks? Yes, Walter's socks. So um, there was a little fad for a bit about putting your dog on socks on the Internet. Um, and so I decided that we should go ahead and put Walter's adorable face on a pair of socks with his Instagram handle, which is at Sir Walter Underfoot. Um, and see if we couldn't raise some money for the Denver Animal Shelter, um, because I think that we're not really giving the shelter animals a chance to be uh, true companions in our lives. And so since Walter came from a shelter, we thought we'd raise some money to support the shelter back. You guys can pick up your Walter socks if you want to on my website at beccalori.com, and we'll be donating at the end, we'll be donating some of the proceeds to the Denver Animal Shelter. How can our viewers learn more about emotional support animals and service animals? I would say if people are looking for information on emotional support animals, doing a quick Google search is good. But what I want to warn people about now is there's sort of um, a wave of people that are charging an awful lot of money to send you an autism support dog. Um, And I'm not sure that that really exists. So my biggest thing is when you're looking for an emotional support animal or you're looking for a service animal or a therapy animal, try to be wary of where you're getting your information from. Try to remember there aren't very great rules right now. There's not good regulation. There's not good rules about anything. So you're going to be seeing a lot of mixed information. Um, And the best thing to do is to find 
kind of a kennel organization, usually the shelters, they will usually have a little bullet that describes to you the three conditions um, and, and what they, they're allowed to do. Um, but be careful when you're spending money. So if somebody's asking you for money for these things, be careful what you're spending money on. Um, as everyone with autism is different, it's really hard to pre-train a dog for someone with autism. How, does our, how do our viewers get a hold of you guys to uh, ask you more questions and just see what you're up to? Is that BeccaLaurie.com? It's uh, BeccaLaurie.com. You can follow Walter on Instagram if you want to. He's at Sir Walter Underfoot. Um, and you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, and I also do um, a, new, a neurodiversity newsstand group on Facebook, which is a really positive news group about neurodiversity. We stay pretty positive. So that's another way you can find me. But I think the easiest, if you have a specific question, would be to go to my website, BeccaLaurie.com. On the contact page, there's a nice little form you can fill out. And you can ask me whatever question you want. The email comes right to me. Well, that'll be great. And I, I want to tell our audience that we're going to have a separate interview with you on the non-animal issues of being a uh, woman on the spectrum and doing all that you're doing, which we want to thank you for. You're doing so many great things, obviously not just for differentbrains.org, but for all the different organizations, for so many people. And uh, you probably uh, couldn't do it without Antonio Hector over there helping you out and without Walter. So it's a team effort. Absolutely. I could not do it alone. I don't think any human being does anything alone. So I absolutely couldn't. Thank you very much for being with us here at differentbrains.org for another episode of Exploring Different Brains. Exploring Thank Different you. Brains Thank you. is a production of Different Brains, Inc. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.org.